dress him. I got a T O me still like fuzzy. 325 on the dashboard. Riding a Porsche, riding Tom Ford. I bought out Bernie's new Christian Dior. I took the jet to the New York store. She lit while I'm driving, I'm standing the floor. I took it all track, now I'm riding this boy. You stay in your feelings, you never my boy. I can't come to the hood, I pull a decor. Another body dropped in this spring, my name. I'm going to LA on the private plane. Never come back in my family straight. I'm touchable, no one's richer to pay. Welcome to another episode of Savage Time TV, the Blunt Talks Podcast. Your favorite host, A.B. Brisley. I'm back at it here again to give you all some more of my thoughts. And we're going to cover some shit today. Right there, I was playing Bubbly by Young Thug. That's off his new album, Punk. We're going to definitely talk about that. Awesome album. Great album. Uh, first off, let me um, congratulate and just show love to everyone out there listening. Um, all my supporters. Uh, thank you. Um another episode we're gonna get right back into it let's get into it man remember to like comment share and subscribe and get us on all streaming platforms first thing i want to talk about getting into it the meek mill bus situation um i just want to say y'all need to really start to to learn to keep y'all same energy man it seems like when it's certain things y'all want to just hop on it and when it's not it's when you when it's not cool it's it's not but but when it comes to certain people y'all just want to make it like this this big thing so uh, apparently, I know most people have seen it, but if you didn't, uh, Meek Mill had put out a his album cover and put it out on buses, boats, subways. He put it out all throughout the uh, United States, multiple cities, and it depicted and showed black women in a certain art form uh, where you could see their, it was like cartoonish um, animation. This isn't like real, real pictures or anything, but... Uh, showed them like bent over with their asses out. Uh, even had some of them had the pink in between their legs for the pussy. Um, but uh, a lot of people took offense to that. Uh, specifically, a white man out there in Hollywood started going off. It was just like going off a house, disgusting. How is this what you want, black women? Is this how you wanted to be treated, black women? Is this how you wanted to be shown, black women? There's uh, there was he was just really like going off, just like. That this is so disrespectful. This is so crazy. Why would you do this? Why would you want that? Meek Mill, you should be ashamed of yourself. And my response to that is shut the fuck up, bro. One, don't be talking down on our shit. For one, was this was this white dude that excited and was that passionate when we getting killed in the streets? <laughs> is he out here like just like? every day just just out here promoting and looking down and bringing up black people in all forms of fashion because he seemed to be like really passionate about that shit and i'm just like i hope this dude is the same i hope this guy is like on the front lines as well like what is the big deal and then on two a black woman made it she was the artist behind it but they killing me new i'm like bro a black woman made it so you don't think she was thinking if if this is derogatory or if this is if this is bad and don't hit me with the oh my god she was making art it's all for a bag i don't want to hear that shit man i'm pretty sure if if it was something derogatory if he asked her to do something that if she seemed as very disrespectful she wouldn't have done it like it's it's just crazy to me the outrage that we choose to have on certain things like it's an the album cover had came out nobody came with the album cover until you seen it on a bus like oh my god my kids can see it your kids don't got apple music your kids don't got title your kids don't got spotify your kids don't got instagram like why is you now singing on a bus make it like a huge thing 
<laughs> like the album cover's been out. He didn't change the album cover. It's the same album cover. Like it's it's this picking and choosing of what we've seen as we seem see as acceptable in the black community. And honestly, I don't want to hear it from a white guy. Honestly, talking on our shit. Keep your mouth closed. Like, cause I'm pretty sure this dude's the same type of dude that's all talk when it's something like this. But George Floyd, Eric Gardner, Tamir Rice, the dude was probably quiet as fuck in Hollywood sipping on mimosas. Like, get the fuck out of here, bro. Like, get the fuck out of here. That shit is whack. And I don't even want to give it that much energy. I just wanted to go over that shit. Like, stop picking and choosing which I want to be outraged on. And when you do outrage, man, look at do some research. A black woman did it. Not not saying that just completely makes it a hundred percent correct, but come on now. Like, clearly, if it was something disrespectful and, and derogatory, it wouldn't be a thing. And motherfuckers want to talk about, oh, hip hop, man. This is how they show our women, man. Get the fuck out of here. These these the same people that's that's out here going, maybe stomping on the ground for Nardo Wick, nigga. <laughs> like when Nardo Wick uh uh came out, I remember they just showed little baby and little Dirk without the concert. They brought Nardo Wick out. They did the remix. It's women right in the front seat to go just stomp, stomp. Who the fuck is that? Who the fuck is that? And I'm running down on niggas. And I'm running down on niggas. Like, get the, get the fuck out of here, bro. Y'all niggas be choosing what, what, what y'all want to be outraged about. And because there's a white guy going off now, it's like the, the biggest thing ever. Miss me with that bullshit. Moving on. Fucking Lizzo. <laughs> Yo, you want to talk about a walking, living contradiction, bro? We are tired of that shit, fam. We're tired of it. Like... <laughs> Motherfuckers is, is talking about the Meek Mill bus, talking about this show's woman in a derogatory manner. Meanwhile, you got Lizzo on her live, ass naked, pulling her fucking pants down, shaking ass and shit, talking about kiss my ass, this, that, and a third. What? Is that how you want to be treated, black women? Is this what you want to be seen as, black women? As the white man would say. Like, But y'all ain't saying shit about that. Only thing they be saying is, oh, she gonna cry in the comments. She gonna cry after this. I'm like, bruh. But y'all was just killing Meek Mill for for a drawing. Meanwhile, this is live in a live person pulling their ass. Literally, this isn't like she was was shaking her ass in some leggings. She literally pulled her pants down, had her whole ass out, and wanted to fucking shake that shit. And we were supposed to be just cool with that shit. We just got to accept that because Lord knows if you say anything against a black woman. Oh, man. Jeez Louise, you must hate yourself. Oh my God, why can't you just let her express herself? This, that, and the third. But when it comes to Meek Mill expressing his art on his album cover, whoa, big deal now, right? Like, like I said, this picking and choosing shit is weak as hell. It's weak as fuck. Like, bro, I, I don't understand it. Like, you got like. It's crazy. Like, Lizzo out here showing up to showing up. We, we, we had, I remember they had JT shaking her ass at her daughter's party. Like, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's like y'all want to pick and choose. The same shit that y'all be talking about that influences these children, music and all that shit. You think that shit don't influence people? You don't think it's a million little black girls watching J, JT shake her ass at her daughter's birthday party thinking that shit's okay? But y'all silent when it comes to that, though. It's, 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 it's really funny, man. It, it honestly is it's funny. It's honestly a joke. <laughs> it's honestly a joke. And then it just makes us look bad as a black community overall. Because, you, you like I said again, you guys are trying to shoot Meek Mill out of the sky for an art cover. But you got people showing their bare ass on live and telling you to kiss it. Think about that. 
Just just actually think about that. You get mad about a drawing of ass. But when you got actual ass in your face, it's totally fine. So it's a fucked art form, huh? It's, 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 it's just wild to me. It just makes no sense. It just really makes no sense. But I really wanted to go over those two things because that shit was just so wild to me. And I just wanted to talk about it. Um, let me know how y'all feel about that shit um, in the comments. Shoot me an email. Let me know. No judgments here. I want all the smoke. Um, let me know how y'all feel about it because that shit was crazy. Uh, moving on to some more. some more. Let's get into some more positive things, man. RZA um, in an interview saying that Tupac was a more dangerous MC than Biggie. Um, I understood what he was saying. He was saying that like Tupac can hit you in at different areas. Like you got the dear mama, who shot you? Um, not who shot you. You got the you got the dear mama. He can hit. He can hit uh, an emotion with that. Then you'll see his gangster side. Um, he'll come out with uh shit. Oh man, Hail Mary. You have a song like Hail Mary that comes out. Then you have a song that he'll hit you with changes. Um, I definitely think he was more versatile, but more dangerous. I don't know, man. Biggie, I, I feel like Biggie always just gave you that raw New York gritty type of, uh, gritty type of records. Like just off that word dangerous. I think I would go with Biggie, man. I think what he used to say, his lyrics, um, yeah, Biggie would still be able to hit you with the R&B, you know, big Papa Love Club records, but I feel like when it came to the most dangerous records, who can get the most gritty and the most grimy, I think it was Biggie by far, like, Biggie by far, and I don't think that's a knock on Tupac, I think Tupac was more of an artist, I think he was definitely the more versatile artist, but... As far as dangerous, I think I would definitely go with Biggie over Tupac. I just would. Um, don't get me wrong. Again, I think what a lot of what people talk about when it comes to Tupac is his versatility. And that can be good, but it can also be bad. Not bad, but it can also not, it, compared to someone that might have just solely focused on two things, compared to somebody that focuses on six, seven, eight, nine things. When it comes to those two things that another person focuses on, they're probably going to be a little bit more stronger than somebody that's kind of spread themselves between seven or eight things. Because you got to remember, Tupac was out there acting as well, um, writing poetry as well. So I think um, Biggie is definitely the more dangerous MC for sure. Like, uh, I definitely think Tupac was more versatile, definitely more emotional, um, in tune with things like that. But I think when it came to purely dangerous, I would definitely have to go with Biggie. Um, so yeah, let me know what you guys thought about that, man. Um, do who you going with, uh, Tupac or Biggie? Who's the more dangerous MC? Like I said, I'm going with Biggie. I'm posted up on my uh, social media, probably get some votes and see how people thought about that. But let's think about something else that the boy Rizza has blessed us with, and that's Enter the Motherfucking Woo. <laughs> that is my shit. Every fucking episode is my favorite episode. If you haven't watched it, watched it. You need to go watch it. It's on Hulu. If you don't got Hulu, man, let, let me know in the like comments. Let me know anywhere. I'll hook you up with somebody that I know that can get you what you need to get when you need to get it. Um, enter the woo, man. Uh, spoiler, spoiler. But they uh, went. The, the last episode I saw, they had basically, they basically got on at the fever. 
which was held in the Bronx. And at that time, it was like a place kind of like, I want to say the Apollo, but it was a place where acts went to get seen, went to get heard. Um, very raucous crowd. Um, they even showed a guy on it. He had showed he had the three times he had been stabbed in his life had been at this this place called the Fever in the Bronx. And um, dog, it was crazy because they first off they couldn't get in. And again, I love how every episode they show the power of teamwork and having a team because none of the rappers could could even pull this off because they had to get onto the venue. And the guy that really held this all together and it really shown his worth in this episode was uh, Power, um, who was basically, like he said, an executive producer. So I talk like I'm not here, but remember that I am. It was a cold ass line, cold ass line. Like, yeah, I ain't really a part of the group. Like, I ain't rapping or nothing, but I hold my weight. And what he really does makes he was he's basically the executive producer. One, he finances them, and he uses his connections that he got at a street game to help him now. And they got into the fever, and they fucking killed that shit, bro. They fucking killed it. Um, they killed it. They performed. They performed MHTOD man, MHTHOD man. They performed that. Uh, Method Man, um, they performed Protect Your Neck, which is just, that shit just gave me goosebumps, man, because just seeing all them up there in the Wu-Tang, and they just rapping and doing their shit, that shit was hard as fuck, fam. That shit was hard. My nigga Rizzo on there with the fucking big-ass fucking sword rapping his shit. And then to see Raekwon and uh, Ghostface Killer come together and do that record that they did was awesome because, of course, if you've been for the people that's been following and people that even know the history of uh, the Wu-Tang, Raekwon and Ghostface Killer had real beef. This ain't no bullshit beef. This ain't no baby beef. This ain't no just shoving beef. These motherfuckers are sending shots to each other. real shit. And to see them get together and do that record was crazy. It could all, it could all be so simple. That shit was so fucking dope, bro. That shit was dope as fuck. Um, Great-ass record. They slowed that shit down because, you know, protect your neck is, 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 is an in-your-face, um, high-pace uh, type record. And they just slowed that whole shit down and just started rapping rhymes on that whole. Like, just started rapping rhymes, really rapping on that shit. And I definitely appreciated that part. Um, it was really dope. Great episode. Love the way the direction uh, of it that is going right now. Uh, it's awesome. It's an awesome show. You got to check it out. Enter the Woo again. Um, I don't want to talk about the episode too much, but this season has all been about really showing their teamwork, really showing what what it meant and how they came together and how that shit was genuine. Because this eight niggas, that's all superstars, bro. Like they all could easily make their own shit, but they came together. And I think, especially for the black community, it's important to see that man. We're, we're, we're strength in numbers and I don't even like the Warriors but strength in numbers bro so again go out there check out Enter the Woo that's, that, shit's a, that shit's a great show man it's a, it's a great show absolutely great show uh, I think it's, it's think, I think yes I'm gonna say this I think it's better than BMF and I even think it's about what the next show we're gonna talk about Godfather Harlem I think Enter the Woo is killing all killing them right now to be honest um, let's get into our Godfather of Harlem. Now, this is a show that is only available on Epics, 
but you can get it on Amazon Prime as well. Or, like I said again, I can get you into a person that can get you when you need it, how you need it, when you need it. So, <laughs> talk to me if you can't get if you can't get any if you don't got access to Amazon Prime or anything like that. Godfather Home. This is featuring Forrest Whitaker. Um, he plays uh, Bumpy Johnson in 1940s 50 New York. Um, it's basically shows his time um, in the drug game along with the Italians, Chin Gigante, uh, and the Five Families. This is all before you know all that shit happened when the Five Families got brought down and everything went left. This is like right before that time. And this show, whew, if there's something that I think is on Enter the Woods level, it gotta be Godfather Harlem. Excellently written, fast paced, gotta pay attention. Uh, they even have the guy Nigel Thatch playing Malcolm Malcolm X, and he does a great job, a great job. Like I always knew that Malcolm X was in the streets, but I didn't know as a Muslim he was he was he has he had all this um he had so much influence and he was doing so much groundwork and even um talks about his relationship with Muhammad Ali. Um, his troubles going through going through the nation with Elijah with the honorable Elijah Muhammad um, really gives you insight on what the Muslims were doing at that time on um, how they were running the nation of Islam things like that the good and the bad uh, right now I'm up on season two I think I'm on episode three or four um, spoiler spoiler the guy just tried to blow up Malcolm X's car Malcolm caught that motherfucker slipping should have blew that motherfucker's brains out um but they just do a great job of just highlighting a lot of things that were happening back then um and I love that it's like fast paced you do have to pay attention it's not something that that's boring it's phew, every time they switch scenes you like what's going on what's going on and I always tell always tell people the great a great indicator of a great movie or story is the side characters if you if the show is so good that you're like damn the side characters could have their own thing or you almost are interested in some side character stories and you are in the main character story you got yourself a good show and this is exactly what godfather of harlem does there's so many side characters in this from the other five families to chin chikante's daughter things she had going on um malcolm x nigel thatch like malcolm x isn't even like a main person but almost it, he almost kind of is and it almost makes you want to look into it even more like i'm like shit i need to look into malcolm x more because god damn this motherfucker was out here moving and grooving so i think that that's an excellent excellent uh show um i, I definitely recommend again godfather of harlem um available on amazon prime or epics um it's great all right, let's move on to some funny shit. Let's move on to some funny shit. Uh, I, I know you guys have probably heard of the Millennium Tour. Um, you know, you know all the 2000 acts. You know, uh, B2K, Lil Fizz, apologize, Amarion for fucking this baby mom. Amarion, I play. I pray one day to have the discipline and maturity that you do because I would have kicked that motherfucker right in the chest off the stage, and then I made him do that shit every single time we performed on the fucking tour. He would have had to apologize, and then I would have kicked him off the stage. I would have told him, like, bro, just let you know you can kick off the stage every time. But you're going to get up here and do it again. Because that shit was wild. Motherfuckers fucked April Jones. That ended up by himself anyway. You should be ashamed of yourself, little Fizz. Truly ashamed. What I'm going to talk about is Bow Wow. 
Now, Bauer always seems to, when he's going well, he just seems to fuck it up. I just seen Bow Wow on with Ray J. He was on a Breakfast Club interview. And I think this was a while ago, but that was like the last time I seen him like in the media's eyes. And he was doing great, man. It looked like he was doing great. He was focusing on his own shit. And he wasn't <sighs> he wasn't involved with uh Rev Run's daughter and all that bullshit. And he just seemed to be focusing on himself and just doing his shit because Bow Wow was uh, Bow Wow was just like single handled and was brought like he just does dumb shit, man, from the private plane bullshit to just a lot of shit that he be doing, like, and I know it's probably hard, because, you know, he's a child star, your whole entire life, literally, you've been, the, he was the man at one point, always in public eye, so I know for him, he probably still struggles with that shit, but this motherfucker started talking about how he wasn't getting the set times and only getting 15 minutes. How he bust people ass. I'm like, bro, one y'all are on a tour. It's not a competition. Everybody's there for the Millennium Tour. They're see the all see the whole acts. If you feeling yourself that much, bro, why don't you just do this shit by yourself? Why even go on the Millennium Tour? You'll get paid more. You don't gotta worry about your set time. Just go on tour by yourself. But you know you ain't gonna do that, Bow Wow. You know you're not about to go on tour by yourself. Ain't nobody fucking with you like that. All due respect. Ain't nobody fucking with you like that, Bow Wow. You on there talking crazy. Then you talking a spectacular, all wild. Like, come on, man. Don't hate on that brother because the females love him. Don't play a hate. What's going on with my shit? Sorry, man, but don't don't be going don't don't be doing shit like that. Fucking around, um, talking about I don't get I, I I don't do this I don't do that. Then I see he's back trying to give it Angela Simmons, bro. Leave her alone. She was an ex for a reason, and she didn't fuck with you. You're fucking bow wow at the end of the day. Why are you trying to go after somebody's scraps? Like she got a kid. Like she. I just don't understand why niggas be doing this shit to themselves. Like, bro, there's so many women on this planet. It's women on this planet that might not even know who you are, bro. Like, try with the world. Do something. What you want back to Angela Simmons weak ass for, bro? Like, I don't understand that. Like, he just be going out hella sad. Like, I, I just don't understand the decisions that he be making. I just don't understand it. Like, if, if, if you are who you saying you are, why are you backtracking on Angela Simmons? It's like the same thing going to her by yourself. Like, it's like you speak yourself so high, and then you go and do some, like, just straight nutty shit. Like, I just don't understand. I just don't understand his moves. I don't understand his motives. I truly don't. I truly fucking don't, bro. We not, I'm not trying to get that shit a lot of energy. I just wanted to, like, talk about that, because that shit just, like, caught my eye. And going back and forth with spectacular and shit, I'm like, bro, nah, that ain't the way. That ain't the way. That that definitely ain't the way. So I'm uh, moving on. Like we was talking about before, Young Thug put out his new album, Punk. And again, like I've been trying to tell people, that nigga Young Thug is a genius. This album was dope as fuck. It's about let's see here, it's 20 tracks, but it doesn't even feel like 20 tracks. Shit smooth as fuck. Um, he's got some great features on here. He has a song with Mac Miller that's dope um, called Day Before. He's got the song Bubbly with Drake and Travis Scott, which I ain't gonna lie, I love Drake's verse on that. Boom, two, three, fuck around, B. <laughs> that shit was hard. Uh, 
of course he got on there with J. Cole, which I always think they when they get together, that's always just a a treat, man. Yeah, you know, just a blessing when those two get together because even though I know they fuck with each other, every time I see them on the on, on a song together, I'm like, this shit is about to how is this shit gonna sound? I know it's gonna sound dope, but how is it gonna sound? Um, Young Thug really opened up in this album. Um he starts off the album Die Slow, just talking about a story with his family, um, how coming up his his mom had got hit by a car, had had a stroke, how like he was just really like opening up on the album, sound like he was just having like a conversation with himself, just getting some shit off his chest. Um even going to the uh even going to the song with Mac Miller day before, man. Cool not even a cool story, but a crazy story. Which he was talking about on the Breakfast Club. Shout out to the Breakfast Club. Shout out to Charlemagne, um, DJ Envy, um, Angela Yee, everybody over there at the Breakfast Club. Uh, he had he had said on the Breakfast Club that he had made he was in the studio with Mac Miller the day before, and they had made that song the day before, and then the day after Mac Miller dies. I'm like, damn, bro, like, <laughs> what? And. He said he ain't no lie, and I, I believe him. I believe what he's saying. Uh, he, he definitely talked about how they in the studio made that song day after Mac Miller dies. Uh, the song's great, man. Uh, day before again, rest in peace. Always shout out to uh, Mac Miller, man. Always blessed up for him. But that was that was a dope. That was a dope ass song and just a dope ass story. Uh, he had a song on there, of course, that I love with Juice World, Rich Nigga shit. Um, rest in peace to Juice World. Always. Um, he has Gunna on here as well. Uh, so I would say my favorite songs are probably Bubbly, Day Before. Um, I also like the song, there's a song here called Road Rage, that's pretty dope. But Young Thug really did his thing on this album. Uh, again, he, he didn't disappoint at all. If you haven't listened to it, Punk by Young Thug. He, he really, and, he, and again, like I said, he really opens up on this album. Um, talks about a lot of things, especially in that first intro, Die Slow. Uh, I'm going to listen to it even more coming up this weekend because I really haven't been able to really sit down and deep dive into it, like deep, deep dive into it. But out of the first couple listens, that's what really stuck out to me. Uh, so definitely check that out, man. Uh, Young Thug. Uh, even the album cover is fucking crazy. Like, it's crazy. Like, I'm looking at this shit right now and it's like, you really got to like, the more I look at it, the more shit I notice in it. That's that's actually going on. It's a lot going on in this album cover, bro, for real. Um, I could almost do a little segment just on the symbolicism of, of this. I might have to my next episode, but uh, definitely check that out. Uh, young Thug um, featuring, I say Young Thug featuring, but definitely uh, check that out. Young Thug's new album, Punk, man. And uh, again, he also said that he hit. I don't know if you guys that saw he had bought a brand. He thought this dude said he bought a brand new Rolls Royce, three hundred, four hundred thousand. He ain't least this shit, fam. Bought a brand new Rolls Royce just to fuck it up. I don't know if you seen it on social media, but Gunner and all them was hitting it with bats, fucking it up, fucking up the windows, fucking up everything, putting dents in that shit, everything. And he even said again on the Breakfast Club that he he had uh left the key in L.A. somewhere. Basically said if you find it. You can have the Rolls Royce. Now, mind you, it's only dense. Get that shit fixed. Everything on the inside, cool. And that's just still a Rolls Royce. So, just let anybody know if they find that. Just let me know, man. You know, maybe go 50 50. You know what I'm saying? Do a little something, something on that. <laughs> but yeah, Young Thug's new album, Punk, man. Oh, let's get into some sports, man. I know you see it. 
man. Shout out to the water boy Ray was be killing it, boy. Play like a raven, man. Now that we doing it in a harbor, it's nothing but crab cakes and crab dip with the pretzels. Like I told y'all niggas, man. What? What? I know you've seen us on Monday night down 19. Oh, he can't play from a lead, huh? What? 19 in the fourth quarter? Dub. And then all I heard coming up this week was Justin Harry, 6'5", 230, got a howitcher on his shoulder. He can do everything. He's he's a Clint Malumbo host. Some people was even talking about they take him over Josh Allen. I'm like, yo, will y'all just please get off this nigga's nuts. Like, don't, now don't get all too fast. One step at a time. I don't want you to fall break nothing. But God damn. They was talking about the Chargers. Like, they just knew they was going to bust our ass. I'm like... Right, we 4-1-2. Because so we was 4-1. Like, I don't, I don't understand. What the fuck is going on with that shit? Like, shit was crazy. But uh, we beat that ass. 34-6. Couldn't stop the run. Lamar was out there looking great. Throwing dimes to Mark Andrews. Hollywood Brown. Get those hands together. Because Lamar, again, just like in the Detroit game, do a beautiful... God, just walked it to him, basically. Just walked it to him. Just dropped that shit right in the hat. This nigga nigga tries to do like a mini jump instead of just running under it, using the speed that guy gave him to catch the ball. Like... Oh, that's, that was probably my only thing. I'm Rashad Beeman came back. Well, uh, our first round wide receiver, he was able to show what he had. He had a couple catches. He looked pretty good. Um, I'm excited to see what he does because if he can become that true number one that he really is, that means Hollywood can become the number two that he really is. Because Hollywood, as much as great as he is, he's not a number one. He's a number two. And I think in best case scenario, he's your slot. Um, so I'm really excited to see what Rashad Bateman does and can add to our offense. Uh, Le'Veon Bell looked great. He looks like he's in great shape. Um, it really doesn't matter who we have at this point. It's crazy that we lost J.K. Dobbins and uh, Marcus Peters, and we're still out here doing our thing. Shout out to Marlon Humphrey, boy. Locking shit up. Was locking shit up all game. It was just a great team win for us over there in Baltimore because, man, they was on this motherfucker Justin Herbert's nuts. God, that was on this man's nuts. They, I just like all up to the game. They just talking about this nigga Justin Herbert. Like he was just going to be dropping back, killing us. You the double, he was going to lose 34-6. But hey, you see how that, you, you seen how that shit went. You seen how that shit went. Dub. So uh, I think next week we have the, who do we play next week? I think we play the Bengals. Uh, and. This motherfucking, yo, yo, Logan Wilson, yo, watch your mouth, bro. Like, who are you? I know y'all, you like, y'all ain't been, like, don't y'all, I know y'all doing good right now. Shout out to y'all. But, yo, don't be talking about some running back that plays quarterback because that ain't it. And you know that's not it. Like, but y'all keep disrespecting. We, we gonna show y'all. So, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, keep y'all fucking heads on the swivel. I know y'all had a good little start to the season, but we coming for y'all. We coming for y'all. We coming for y'all. I don't, I don't see the Bengals beating us. Um, I see, like I said before, Lamar Jackson, MVP. We got 15 to 16 people on IR. Yet, right now, we're the number one seed in the uh, AFC. Yes, it's the same AFC with the Bills, same AFC with the Chiefs, same AFC with the Chargers, same AFC with the Browns. This is still that same AFC, American Football Conference, and that we're leading. 
So, uh, yeah, just just give us our due. I know the Baltimore Ravens, we never really get the publicity that we should or the recognition for reasons I don't understand. But you see what we're doing out there. Keep your fucking head on full because we're coming. So, yeah, next week, um, I'm really good. We started, we're 5 1 right now. Um, let's keep rolling. You know what I'm saying? Raving up, play like a raven. Now, let's get into my anime bag. Platinum End. This is a new anime made by uh, the producers and creators of Death Note. Uh, great anime. Only two episodes are out right now. The uh, concept is is absolutely amazing. Um, I like the animation. Uh, it's a great anime. Definitely, definitely uh, for all my anime people out there, we definitely go go check that out. Uh, I think it's all in front of the issue right now. So I think it's on every I think it's on everything. So definitely go check that out. Um Platinum N. I don't want to spoil it for you guys. Uh the concept is crazy. Just make sure you check out Platinum N. Um this is a question for my anime community. Uh One Piece or Bleach? I don't know which one I really want to start. Uh I definitely have things I need to finish like Black Clover. Uh, I need to catch back up on Fire Force. I need to still finish Seven Deadly Sins and watch the movie. I need to watch Demon Slayer's new movie and uh, finish. I think they came out with a new season as well. So I got a lot to catch up on. But I'm thinking I've been leaning more towards Bleach just because it has, I think it's only like 400 episodes. Um, One Piece is still going. But my boy put me on. Shout out to my boy, uh, Jimmy. Um. for putting me on, man. Uh, that even in JoJo Adventures, but y'all let me know, man. Let me know in the comments. One Piece or Bleach? I'm gonna put that up as well on my uh, Savage Time TV just to see to, uh, as a poll, just to see where everybody's thinking, man. Uh, it's crazy. This uh, this uh, Lakers, Lakers and Golden State game just started. Hopefully, the Lakers win this. The NBA is back, baby. But uh, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, this vaccine shit, man. This vaccine, this vaccine shit. Oh man, shit! This shit is absolutely insane. Um, I'm not judging if you are vaccinated or not. Um, I am not. I do not plan on getting it. Um, simply because I don't want to. <laughs> Honestly, I don't want to. Don't see why I need to. Um, I had COVID sometime earlier this year. Uh, recovered from it fine. I don't think I lost my sense of smell. No big deal. So. Uh, I haven't gotten it, um, but an interesting story is that up to up to half the Chicago police officers can be put on unpaid leave over vaccine dispute. It says that up to up to half of Chicago's rank and file police members can be placed on unpaid leave starting Friday because of a dispute between their union and Mayor Lori Lightfoot over a city requirement for officers to disclose their vaccine status. The dispute is in Chicago is emblematic of tension across the country between unions and employers as cities and businesses seek to enforce vaccine mandates. At least 228 officers have died of COVID-19 um, this year compared to 245 last year, which I thought was wild. Um, COVID is the leading cause of death for officers, despite them being among the first group having access to the vaccine at the end of the year. Um, you can't force people to do what their bodies they don't want. I think it's almost like prohibition in a way. Like you, like you guys are making it so that it's a problem. Like you shouldn't be forced to get a vaccine for a job 
especially as an adult. Everybody brings up, oh, for school, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember when the school? You can go to school without getting this, getting that. But I'm like, bro, that's before you. You were a kid. You had no choice. You had no choice in the matter. Your parents, your parents, you, you didn't control when you went to school. Like, you didn't control what school you, you went to. God damn. Steph Michael for 40 tonight. But <laughs> but uh god damn. But you but you don't have a choice in that. You motherfuckers out here losing nurses, um policemen. What do you think that's gonna do in a, in a city like Chicago? Again, probably one of my top three favorite cities in the nation. If you haven't been to Chicago, check it out. One of the most beautiful cities in the nation. But what do you think that's gonna do to a place like Chicago when you losing up to half of the Chicago police officers, man? Like, let's be real. Like honestly, what do you think is gonna happen with that? Um, so I just think this is wild. Uh, we need our this communities need our officers, man. We need we need that. Uh, I think it's it's absolutely crazy. You got nurses out here losing their jobs. Like you shouldn't people shouldn't be out here losing their jobs. You know, losing their livelihood because all it's gonna create is more problems, more distrust for the government, and the gap between the citizens and the government grows wider. And then that and what fills that gap? Bullshit. So we need to we need to we need to straighten up, man. Honestly. You can't tell someone what to do with their bodies, but you can't have people working for you and it was all good, but then you wanna just turn 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 a complete one eighty and then be like, Oh, now y'all need to do this now y'all need to do that no nah, that's not how that shit work fam that shit don't make sense it truly no uh so again i just want to get into that that was just an interesting story i saw shit's wild uh Kyrie irvin um he came out and defended his stance uh Stephen a smith came out and was had a really had a really strong feeling um really strong opinion about Kyrie Irving saying that things it was like the stupidest things he'd ever seen and I'm just like man I don't I don't think Stephen they had to go off on him like that um because at the end of the day this is a young black man you're talking to as a older black man and we know the power that media has so for me it was a little mm, a little extra but uh I think he could have definitely piped it down maybe called Kyrie before that something he just didn't have the I don't think I think he handled it a little bit too aggressive I think he could have went about it a different way and had better results. Um, moving on, oh, another another thing. Ben Simmons, this motherfucker got kicked out of practice. <laughs> First up, he came to practice in sweats, and then he had his phone in his pocket. Like, bruh, just hella disrespectful. Like, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Was a person like. That shit was absolutely wild. I'm like, bro, you get kicked out of practice. I haven't heard. Can somebody tell me the last superstar I got kicked out of practice for something that's not not even like physical? Like, can somebody tell me? Is this nigga Clay back on the fucking floor? I don't think so. That's crazy. Oh shit, go stay turned up on you niggas. I forgot to get Andrew Wiggins, but um. I, I I don't understand. Um, the Ben Simmons saga. I hope they can. Uh, I feel like, like I said before, they just need to to change. They need to. Uh, they need they need to get rid of Ben Simmons. Needs to leave the Sixers. The Sixers need to leave Ben Simmons. Just best for both parties. Because at this point, definitely what Embiid said today. So I not care about that man. <laughs> like it's just a lot of like tension and awkwardness. It's like I know as much as they can say the chemistry is good and everything's fine. It can't be. It could be much better. It could be it could be much 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 better. 
Um, so I, I think I think they definitely need to to get that done with. And if they even when they get like a CJ McCollum, a Bradley Beal, they need to trade it for something, man. Because it's just, I feel like the worst worst this gets gonna be like an infection. And honestly, the more you let that shit fester. It's not going to work. You need to get rid of it. I think they're trying to put air freshener on the trash right now, and that's just not going to work. It's just not going to work. So, uh, damn, that shit was loud. My bad, y'all. <laughs> so they definitely need to move on from that. Uh, let's get into some tech. Uh, robot dogs with sniper rifles. Um, I guess nobody's seen an iRobot. But I know you guys have seen the robot dogs. Uh, so they took it one step further and put sniper rifles on their backs. Um, a new autonomous weapon system combines a quadruped, a quadruped robot with a sniper rifle. Um, Spur is armed. That's the name of it. Spur is armed with a 10-shot rifle and a 30-power zoom. This robo-dog, known as Vision 60, comes from Philadelphia-based Ghost Robotics, a startup focused on four-legged robots. On legged robots. <sighs> I don't understand our fascination with this shit. Like, yes, I understand you want to make technology advances, but you don't think that's a little wild? A robot with a sniper rifle on the back? Like, what happens when this shit just starts to make its own algorithm and decides it just wants to shoot everybody that doesn't make sense in its book? Like, a sniper rifle, bro? Like, come on. You couldn't start it a little smaller, maybe a taser. <laughs> Like, you just had to go to sniper rifle? Like, I, I just don't understand why you needed to do that. Like, is, like, what wars are we in right now? Is it in peacetime right now? Like, what the fuck do we need robots with fucking sniper rifles on them? Somebody help me. Uh, Getting back into sports. Wilder versus Fury 3. One of the greatest fights I've been... I've been able to see live um, in my life, honestly. Um, you always hear about the Ali Frazier's, the Tysons, um, all the great battles that they used to have, but I was way too young or not even born for most of those. So to see Tyson and Fury go at it, man, it was awesome. Um, my thoughts were a great fight, uh, two warriors. I loved how Deontay went out on a shield. Uh, I thought that count was a little long for Tyson that second time he went down because... I, I now after looking, I looked after looking into it. I guess a rule that, that you can the ref can tell you to go to your corner, but I'm like, come on, bro, for real, for real, go to your corner. He wasn't like hovering over Tyson, I'm like, come on, man, in the middle of the count. I don't know, the count was slow as it was, then he had a break in between. I'm like, come on, then he got up on seven. You never know where that goes if he actually counts right, doesn't get an interruption. But, this shit might have changed the whole conversation we have it right now. Um, but I thought it was a great fight. Um, Wilder came out, was trying to hit the body. Uh, but you know what they say, as soon as you get punched, as soon as he kind of got took some punishment on himself, he kind of reverted back to his old self of, you know, just standing and firing. Um, he looked pretty pretty tired, pretty gassed, and that just speaks to the heart that Deontay Wilder has. Because I'm telling you, for about at least the last four rounds, it looked like he was completely gassed completely gassed but somehow he was standing there with Tyson Fury um remind you that he's two to three inches taller than Wilder and had him by 40 pounds so I see Deontay is an absolute warrior we're standing in there with Fury and battling with him um all kudos to Fury won all three fights he is the best heavyweight in the world right now I would love to see a fight between him and usage but 
that weight and height difference that he has. Boy, I tell you, and Usyk already I came up from cruiserweight. I don't know, man. I really don't know. That's another interesting thing that happened. Usyk beating, beating Anthony Joshua. Shout out to Usyk. Southpaw's doing our thing. But uh, that was another. It was just like a real crazy day in the black community. I'll tell you that. Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua went down. I was like, well, shit. This ain't LeBron. He didn't like that. Oh, never mind. <laughs> That's from last year. My bad, y'all. But, yeah, that, that, that shit was crazy. Now, what I didn't like about the Wilder Fury fight is after the fight when Fury comes with the Wilder, Wilder says he doesn't respect them. Um, I thought that was just pretty lame. You guys both went in there, fought like warriors. Um, you wanna you wanna see the end, you wanna see it come together because at the end of the day y'all were competing, y'all made a lot of money together. Y'all went in there and fought each other, put it all on the line. The least you can say is that I respect you. For you to say you don't respect them, Deontay, I thought that shit was just a little that shit was lame. But I'm pretty sure, you know, he was he was in his emotions, he was wrapped up in a lot of things. Uh, he's from Alabama, so I'm pretty sure when he goes home, one of the old heads will definitely check him and be like, yo, that, that shit was a little lame. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw in the next couple months um, it come out that they talked it out and maybe it met and we're able to talk to each other about it because I, I just feel like I don't think Deontay Wilder wants to be remembered like that at all. Um, I just think it was pretty unprofessional, man. You lost to the better fighter. Nothing wrong with that. You went out on your shield. Nothing wrong with that. So I definitely think Deontay Wilder needs to just, you know, man up, man. Show some respect and, you know, hats off. You guys went out there, competed, shake your hand. When you play the game and you lose, just like when you win, do the right thing, you know. So there's a way to lose as well. So don't be a sore loser because that shit's just corny. That's just, just, that is what it is. It's corny. So um, I, I definitely would like to see him go out and just write that wrong because... That shit just doesn't look good. It just doesn't. Um, so that really just wraps. That really wraps it up for today, man. Uh, this is another episode of Savage Time TV, uh, the Blunt Toss Podcast. I'm your host, AB Brizzy. You can stream this on all platforms. Remember to like, comment, share, and subscribe, uh, and follow, man. This was great. Go check out that new album by Young Thug Punk. Make sure y'all watch Into the Woo, Godfather of Harlem. Lizzo, please keep your pants up. <laughs> you know, please, uh, and go Ravens, man. We out of here. Peace.